2: I'm not sure about you guys, but it still catches me off guard when I walk down the water aisle at the grocery store and see these new tall boys that look like beer chilling out in the middle of the bottled water section. Of course, it's not actually beer. It's Liquid Death, a new mountain spring water from the Alps that's available in still, sparkling, and three unique flavors. But why is it called Liquid Death, you may ask? Well, it's because Liquid Death donates 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Even better is that the use of their aluminum Tallboy cans is also helpful, as aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. Friends, bottled water has always been boring to me, but there's absolutely nothing boring about Liquid Death. I love the crisp, refreshing pop of the can when I open it, and the water simply tastes better in a can than it does out of a bottle. Add in their three unique flavors personally, I love the lime, and the overall experience is infinitely better than any other water product. Plus, it just looks so much cooler holding a tall boy labeled Liquid Death that looks like you're holding a crisp, refreshing beer. So do me a favor and go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com packaday. That's liquiddeath.com packaday.
0: 20 minutes a day.
3: 365 days a year. This is the Pack A Day Podcast.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Could not be more excited for my guest today. My guest is a former Pro Bowl defensive back for the Houston Texans and Detroit Lions, a second-team All-Pro in 2014, totaled 24 career interceptions, 10 forced fumbles, four sacks, two touchdowns. He was a fourth-round pick out of New Mexico. You can follow him on Twitter, at Glover Quinn Jr., part of the Believe Podcast Network. My guest, of course, is the one and only former NFL safety Glover Quinn. Glover, how the heck are you doing, and thanks so much for joining me today.
3: Man, I appreciate the intro. I'm doing well, man. Thank you for having me.
2: Awesome. Well, I'm excited to talk to you about, obviously, this matchup coming up, Packers-Lions, this Sunday. But before we get there, there are about 90-ish people walking this planet who have an interception of Aaron Rodgers in their lifetime. You happen to be one of those people. <laughs> so I want to ask you, uh, what was the situation, how you were able to pick off Aaron Rodgers, and uh, what was kind of the story behind it?
3: Man, you know what? I do feel honored to have – I want to – No, I don't think I got it up anymore. I used to have all my interception balls up, and I took some of them down. (laughs) Um, But it's a Thursday night game. Um, We're playing, and we had just played uh, Thursday on Thanksgiving. And um, I had hurt my ankle again in in that Thursday game because Thanksgiving was playing against the Eagles. And I only played like a quarter and a half maybe. And so um I go through the whole week, like didn't even know if I was gonna play because we had two Thursday games back to back. We had a Thursday Thanksgiving and then we had a Thursday night game. And um, you know, I'm going through treatment and like I get to a point where I'm like, hey man, this is Green Bay, this is Detroit, like I'm I'm playing in the game, right? So I, I play in the game and you know my ankle is jacked up. So I'm getting I'm being cautious, making sure I don't get, you know beat over the top or anything like that. And uh, we were in the cover two. and you guys had James Jones at the time. Um, And, you know, I was the deep safety. Aaron Rodgers kind of rolls out, and it turns into kind of like a scramble drill, you know what I'm saying? And you guys, Aaron Rodgers is pretty famous for, you know, scrambling, throwing around, and and obviously making a big pass. And um, I saw James Jones kind of break open across the middle. And so from the deep safety, I knew there was nobody else behind me because I was in cover two. So I started, when I saw Aaron rolling out and I seen Jones break open, I knew, okay, Aaron's looking right at him. This this is where he's throwing the ball. And so I just started running there to try to make the tackle, right, because I was a deep guy. He was up a little closer. So I'm just running to kind of make the tackle. And when the ball comes out of Aaron's hands, a little high. And so I'm still running to make the tackle. And then as the ball gets there, I kind of like, oh, it's going to be an overthrow. So I go up to pick it, but then James Jones actually jumps up and kind of hits the ball too. And it kind of went right off his fingertips, like right into my hands. It was, it was actually like a tough catch because when the ball deflects, you don't know where it's going to go. Sure. And so you have your hands set to catch it in a certain spot and then it gets deflected and it moves really fast. And so I was able to catch it off the deflection. Um, actually pretty, it's actually pretty tough catch, but, uh. It was a cool pick on a Thursday night. I think uh, I think we end up. I think that was a hail mary game that we end up losing to you guys anyway, um, on Thursday night. But yeah, that was that was my pick uh, against Aaron Rodgers. So, probably, you know, uh, have that ball.
2: <laughs> saved it somewhere, right? So you okay, mentioned okay. it, hail mary game. I'm assuming you were in on the hail mary play. And what was your angle of that play? As it and your kind of you know memory of it as it happened.
3: Uh Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was in on that play. And, you know, it was one of those situations where we were in like a sideline defense. Um, and they were going hell Mary. So you know, when you know you go sideline defense, you're kind of protecting the sidelines. So you are kind of letting receivers run down the field um, because you wanted them to catch the ball inbounds and then you tackle them and then the game is over because they don't have any timeouts. Um, when it's Hail Mary, you don't want to be like that. You want to kind of be on those guys to kind of prevent them from getting down the field a little bit. And then if they do get downfield, everybody's got a body for a body. Um, so we were in kind of like a sideline defense as opposed to being in a Hail Mary defense and the guys just ran right down the field. And so, you know, as the jumper, well, we weren't even in Hail Mary defense. I was just a free safety. So you're kind of like the guy that's supposed to go up and jump. But then when you go up and jump, there's 10 guys in front of you. So I'm literally getting ready to jump. And like, I can't even get to the ball because it's like a whole, all those guys that ran down, they just ran down and then their defender started running in trying to get a part of the play. And there's literally probably eight guys in front of me. So I couldn't even jump. I was probably five yards behind him. Like he caught the ball up there. Um, So it was just a weird play, man. It's crazy how it happened. Um, just being a part of it, but that's the, that's the league, man.
2: It is. Uh, but obviously I still have a good memory of it. Got the interception of Aaron. And like I said, one of only about 90 people walking the earth that uh, can <laughs> say that. So pretty cool stuff. Lions and Packers, obviously coming up this weekend, both of them, Kind of in the news this week for different reasons. The Lions actually make a move at the trade deadline, trading away TJ Hawkinson in the division to the Minnesota Vikings. The Packers more noteworthy for not making a move, not getting Aaron Rodgers any help. Let me ask you about the Lions first. TJ Hawkinson goes from the Lions to the Vikings. Obviously, draft pick compensation swapped between the two teams as well. What was your initial reaction when you saw Hawkinson was going to the Vikings?
3: I was like surprised. i was shocked I didn't. Yeah, I didn't understand why they were trading him. For one, I thought he was a fine piece as a tight end. I mean, and I didn't understand it for two, why you would trade him to a division rival. Right. Um. I mean, I think when you look at today's game, you know, the tight end position is very key to – kind of controlling the offense, right? When you got a good tight end and you can continue to move the chains and you can create some kind of presence over the middle for those linebackers and those safeties, it opens up more things for your receivers deeper down the field. And so TJ Hawkinson being a receiving tight end, I'm sitting here like, okay, he may not have been your guys' draft pick, right? I think Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia, I think, drafted him. But he's a good receiving tight end and he's in year four or whatever it is, like he's probably only going to continue to get better. Yep. And so if you feel like tight end is an important part of your offense, why are you getting – like who are you going to go and find? Like who are you going to – you're going to go and draft another rookie and you got to go through his three or four years of growing pain? Are you going to sign? Like what tight end – like Travis Kelsey is not going to be free. Like what tight end are you going to sign that's going to be that receiving tight end for you? So I can understand you saying, okay, we don't have plans on signing him back, so we want to trade him. Okay, well, then don't trade him to the division rival, right? Because when you think about it, they only got a second this year and a third next year, right, or a fourth and next back, year. Back, yeah. And then we gave up a first-round player, TJ, then we gave up a fourth this year or next year, one of them, and another pick. I think we gave up two picks two fourths, yeah, and a player, and they only gave us – a second this year and a fourth or whatever it was next. I'm like, I'm sure somebody in the league or the outside of the division would have wanted a player like TJ. And maybe they would have gave you a third and a fourth. I mean, the difference in a second and a third, depending on how you draft them is only the money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of third round picks that could have been second rounders. And there's a lot of second round picks that probably should have been third rounders. Like, and it is, I don't feel like it's that big of a difference in the player that you can get from a second round pick to a third round pick, especially the Vikings right now, who's six and one. So they're probably going to make the playoffs. So they're not going to be picking in the top 10 of the draft. Nope. So that second round pick that you get from them is going to be close to a third round pick anyway.
2: Yep. I think, I think sometimes it gets made up a little bit too much of like, oh, it's a divisional team. You can't trade within the division. And I could understand if Hawkinson was like, 32 years old. Right. If he's like 32 years old and you're trading him, like because clearly Minnesota and, and Detroit are on two different paths right now. Right. Minnesota is right. clearly competing right now. They've probably got a year or two to kind of keep that window open with Kirk Cousins. Detroit probably going to take, you know, two or three years probably to get, um, you, know, you know, hopefully for you guys uh, in, in a little bit more relevant position to be competing for playoff games. Um, So maybe those those timelines don't work. But like Hawkinson's probably going to be good for the next eight or nine years. He he could be a player that ends up haunting the the Lions for the foreseeable future in the division two times a year. So that that definitely didn't make the the most sense. So that was definitely an interesting trade. Um, But what were your thoughts also, you know, just kind of as an, an outsider's point of view of Green Bay not making a trade when they've obviously brought back Aaron Rodgers, tried to put a team together to compete this season. And clearly things haven't gotten off to the start that they wanted
3: to. Well, I mean, it's, it's it's shocking because Aaron Rodgers is not getting any younger, so you don't have years to waste with Aaron Rodgers. So this year, not getting him any more help, not getting any more offensive weapons to try to make a run for this year. Yeah, you're not in a great position right now. Right. You're almost out of the playoffs at the midway point of the season just being what it is, right? You guys don't beat Detroit. We might as well pack them up, right? And even if you guys do beat Detroit, it's going to be tough to come back four games on Minnesota when only maybe 10 or so to play because Minnesota's not really losing as much, right? And then to get in that wild card, right? You got you got a lot of teams that's going to be battling for that wild card. You got Seattle winning that division. So that means San Francisco and Seattle is going to be battling for a division and a wild card. You got three teams in the East, you know what I'm saying? Philly's winning right now, then you got the Giants up there with wins. You got the Cowboys up there with wins. So you got the Falcons. You got to expect the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at some point to get healthy and make a run at it, right? So to, to, to get into that, that that top seven, right, you got the Rams that could possibly try to wake up at some point. I don't think they have enough firepower this year. But to get in that top seven just to get a wild card spot is going to be tough. With, with the way they've played so for them not to make any moves at the at the deadline to to try to make a run for it could signal that maybe they know that this maybe is not the year we just need to you know get through this year get our young guys some more experience and make a run for it next year because we can't bring in one player that's going to make us a Super Bowl contender this year
2: it does feel like there was a level of let's get through this season and recalibrate, see if Aaron comes back next season and see what we need to do to put a different team together or to go in the opposite direction and maybe start the rebuild. If Aaron would retire, ask for a different team, et cetera. Um, I do feel like there's a part of that. And and maybe they just kind of see what happens the rest of this year with their young guys. And maybe, uh, maybe they get lucky. Some things start breaking their way, some players step up, and maybe it goes in the opposite direction, but it did feel a little bit like, all right, let's, let's just get through this season and recalibrate and see what we need to do in the off season. Uh, But to your point, Only two teams in the NFC, the Detroit Lions, who we're going to talk about today, obviously, and the Carolina Panthers. Only two teams have worse records than the Green Bay Packers in the NFC right now. Everyone else has the exact same record or obviously much better. And that's just going to make it super competitive for the remainder of the season and super difficult to get from what you're basically tied for 14th at at, you know, worse than the division area um, in the conference, excuse me, and now have to somehow get into that number seven spot. So it's definitely going to be competitive at the end of the season. I think the Rams, the Buccaneers, the Packers, all teams that we expected to be good that are going to probably, one of them probably at least is going to find their footing for the remainder of the season. And then like you mentioned, all those other teams probably going to get in the playoffs. It's going to be really tough to try to shore up a, a number seven position uh, in this year's NFC.
3: Right. I mean, like I said, I mean, you look at the Giants, they're already at what, five wins, six wins. So when you yeah, you know back when two. it was they were six and two. Right. So back when it was, you know, 16 game season, you know, it was like a race to nine. If you can get to nine wins, you you know, you give yourself a chance to get in. Right. Eight. Sometimes you can get in at eight and eight. But if you can get to nine and seven, you're going to give yourself a chance to probably get in as a wild card. Right. Ten and six. You're almost a lock. Now that it's, you know, 17 games, I don't really know how that plays out. I don't know if nine is still the number, maybe nine and eight, yeah. or is it 10 is the number now. But you got to feel like with the Giants being halfway, I mean, they are they need four wins and they're at 10. So you got to think the fact that they're playing um, a last-place schedule or a third-place schedule, they're probably going to get a couple more wins over the next 10 games to get to 80%. nine, you know what I'm saying? Like, Green Bay's gonna have to win seven out of the last 10, right? And, uh, yeah, y'all, y'all play, y'all day, three and, yeah, because y'all three and four, right? Three, so and, three five, and five, yeah. so y'all don't play eight games, so y'all gotta win seven out of the last nine to get to 10. And you gotta play Minnesota again, and you know, you guys are playing, I think, a first place schedule, right? Because y'all won yeah. a division last year, right? So, you already played who tampa yeah we played tampa. Was, we,
2: we got cowboys coming up we got uh eagles coming up which obviously isn't going to be easy uh yeah. you go to miami on the road um yeah. you've got a lot of tough games on this set. it's going to, get get to tough
3: it's gonna be tough to get to seven wins it's just going to be tough not saying it can't happen and i and i was talking to somebody today and i was like mm-hmm. i think the days are over where you can just kind of throw anybody out there with aaron Rodgers and expect to get a win right it's yep. kind of like LeBron. You used to be able to throw anybody out there with LeBron and, and get a win, right? Nowadays, you know, he still can do his thing, but you got to surround him with a little more help, right? It's kind of the same way with Aaron. If there was a time where it didn't really hardly matter who was out there, although they did have good wide receivers. Aaron could do things to that you felt like, all right, we, we're still going to win this game because they can't stop Aaron. I don't think that's the, the, the perception right now. I think – teams feel like Aaron's still going to be Aaron, but he's not the Aaron of old. He's not the Aaron that's that'll run for 80 yards on third down by, you know, keeping the chains going, keeping the chains moving, or dancing around in the pocket and throwing the ball 60, 70 yards. He don't seem to be that guy anymore. He's trying to get the ball out of his hand. He's getting sacked. He's not... I, I, I haven't saw him escaping a lot of potential sacks as much as he used to. Right? So... Now you have to be able to surround him with some guys that can make plays that can protect him and allow him to have to be Aaron Rodgers, you know, four to five times a game, as opposed to 25 times a game. And I don't think they're, I don't think they're seeing it that way.
2: Hello friends. By now you've heard me talk about the new brand of water that looks like tall boys of beer, liquid death. This crisp, refreshing mountain spring water from the Alps that comes in still, sparkling, and three unique flavors is by far and away the best brand of water on the market. One of my favorite aspects of Liquid Death is that most water companies use plastic bottles, which is beyond terrible for the environment. Most of the plastic you throw into a recycling bin actually just gets sent to a landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. But aluminum is infinitely recyclable and profitable for recycling facilities, hence why Liquid Death uses aluminum cans. Most importantly, the water tastes great. I can't get enough of the lime sparkling water and my family has been drinking them non-stop. It's always fun seeing our sons get crazy looks as they are downing tall boys out in public as well. If you haven't tried Liquid Death yet, what are you waiting for? You can get Liquid Death at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you using their store locator at liquiddeath.com packaday. That's liquiddeath.com packaday.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: No, I agree. And uh it's unprecedented times. I, I can't remember a time ever where it's you mentioned LeBron James, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady all sitting with losing records on their teams right now. So a little bit of unprecedented times in sports to say the least. No. Right, let's talk some Detroit Lions. Uh, you know, kind of give me your scouting report and your breakdown and kind of the state of the Lions. Obviously, they're one of those teams that is below the Packers, struggling a little bit right now, fired their defensive backs coach this week. So uh kind of what is the the state of the team right now?
3: Well, you know, for from me from from just watching it and 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 observing those guys, I think they came into the season with a lot of expectations, a lot of high expectations, feeling really good, feeling confident. And I think the 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 wrath of the season, you know, hit them, right? Um, They've had the injury bug. I think when those guys are healthy offensively, the O-line, their backs with uh, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, wide receiver core, Amon Ross St. Brown, D.J. Chark, you know, and then they had – I think when those guys were offensively and they were clicking, they were putting up 30, 35 points a game, they felt really good and felt confident scoring points. But the defense couldn't stop anybody. That's why you lose week one to Philly. 45 to 48 or something like that. Uh, yeah. You know, you're losing these games where you're scoring enough points offensively to win games in the NFL, but defensively you, you're you not stopping anybody. And over the course of these seven games, you know, they weren't making plays in the secondary. I don't think I can name one player on the team that got five pass breakups and it's, they've played seven or eight games, right? Um, They may have two or three interceptions in the secondary. Not a lot of turnovers, not a lot of things. And so for quarterbacks, it's just kind of like pitch and catch. Most of the time if they throw it, if they throw an accurate pass, they're probably catching it. So they make a change in the secondary. And so I just think defensively they're struggling. Um uh, it's been very difficult for them to get consistent stops. Um, especially when the D-line Aiden Hutchinson is not getting pressure consistently. Some games he's up, some games he's not. So I think it's kind of taking a toll. Injuries on the offense have led to DeAndre Swift not being the same guy that that he once was because of a shoulder injury and an ankle injury. Amon Ross St. Brown missed a few games with an ankle injury. So anytime as a skilled guy you start getting ankle injuries, even though you can play, you're just not as quick and nimble and shifty as you used to be when that ankle is completely, completely healthy. And then DJ Chark being out on injury reserve right now, you know, Josh Reynolds dropped a couple touchdown passes last week. So I just think right now they're just – they're, they're in a bad spot right now. They just traded TJ Hawkinson. It's been a, a very emotional week for them. So we'll I, I, it'll be interesting to see how they come out and respond this week with the firing of a DB coach and the trading of a, a key offensive weapon, somebody that I'm sure the team looked at as this is one of our better players. A lot of times when you start trading your better players or at least who your team feels like are some of our better players – you start to feel like, okay, okay, they've already chalked up this season. Right. They're they're already, and so now those games get tougher and tougher and tougher. And it's cold in Green Bay, it's cold in Detroit. Those games get colder and colder. Weeks get colder and colder when you're not winning. And it's just it's just tough. And so I'd be interested to see how they go right now. But I I don't feel like they're in a great spot. I'd be interested to see them.
2: Have you been in a locker room where a key player on your team was traded away prior to the trade deadline?
3: Mm, not that I can recall.
2: Okay. It's it's not super common that it happens, but I do always feel like there is a residual effect in almost any sport. When a team uh, picks up a guy at the trade deadline, there almost seems to be a little bit of a boost, a little bit of a spark that it gives the team, which is why personally I expected Green Bay to do something. Even if it was a smaller move, a late round pick for anything, I kind of just expected it to be like, okay, maybe this gives Green Bay a little spark and says, all right, we're still going to try for this season. Um, I think the, the fact that they did nothing has its own connotation, but certainly if you trade away players, that definitely I think it just signals to players psychologically of like, OK, they don't believe in us. They don't trust in us. And um, I think that does send a, a message in some capacity. So I'm very interested to see how both of these teams come out, because Green Bay, a lot of people expected them to buy. They didn't. And uh, how will the team respond to that? Detroit. I don't think they were expecting to sell a, a player like T.J. Hawkinson. And I think the thing that just going back to Hawkinson for a second, the thing that does surprise me also about that move is. The the one thing that the Lions did have going for them is their offense. Their offense has been really good. I know it's been, like you said, a little bit tougher as of late with some of the injuries, but – we saw early in this season, whether it was against the Eagles, the Seahawks, some some big performances offensively. Like, you have to start from a point of strength somewhere. You have to have a building block somewhere. And it felt like the Lions with Hawkinson and Amon Ra and Swift and Jamal Williams, Jared Goff's having a nice year, Penny Sewell. Like, it felt like they were at least starting to put something together that they could build this team around. And then to take one of those building blocks and be like, no, oh, we're going to give that to Minnesota, it just seems so weird. And I'm, I am very interested to see how Detroit's going to respond.
3: Right. And, and if you look at it, if you didn't feel like TJ's value was that high, then it probably wouldn't have cost that much to sign him to a one or two year deal to see how he do in year five and six. Right. But to get rid of him completely. And I think when you look at the trade deadline, it, it, there's, there's certain teams that that, that are going to make moves. Right. You got teams that you look at teams that are, are the com, that are com, contending right now. You look at the yep. Eagles. They boasted their roster. Right. They picked up Robert Quinn. You look at the Ravens, they bolstered their roster. They pick up a Roquan Smith. You look at the Vikings, they bolstered and they pick. So teams that feel like, hey, we are we got a shot this year. We need maybe one more player that can get us over the hump or two more players or somebody that can get us over the hump. We're going to try to make a trade because the window of winning in the NFL is small. And if I got a window that I can peek out of, then I think we're going to make a run for it this year. And then you got the teams that feel like, okay, well, we're not going to make it this year, so it's time for us to start rebuilding. So those are the ones that are dealing players. They're dealing good players, right? Denver dealing Bradley Chubb to Miami, right? Miami's a contender this year. Denver is not. So we're going to get rid of one of our good players, send them to a good team, and then we're going to get some assets to try to rebuild, right? So that's really what happens at the trade deadline, teams that are not in it, They're getting rid of good players that they know they're not going to pay. And teams that are contending, they're trading to get those good players. And they're giving up, like I say, they'll give up a first-round pick because I plan on being in the Super Bowl. So my first-rounder is going to be the 32nd pick. That's just like a second-rounder. So it don't hurt them as bad. So that's why they're coming off those picks to get good players that can help them win right now.
2: No, it makes a ton of sense. I have to ask you about Jamal Williams, one of the favorites amongst Packer fans. I know uh, even though he's uh, playing for a division rival right now, I know a lot of Packer fans still cheering him on. How's his season been so far in Detroit and what's he brought to the team? Well, I
3: mean, Jamal has been yeah exactly what you thought he would be. He's been a good, you know, running back. He's been a good short yardage guy, goal line. I think he's got multiple touchdowns in three or four games. I think he's an NFL record. For, you know, guys having multiple touchdowns in the first eight games or something like that that they put up last week. So he's definitely getting the ball in the end zone, especially and when you get close down there. But he's been running the ball well. Um, you know, he he's a fiery guy, brings a lot of energy to the team. You know, he's been a leader. He's had to step up more with the with DeAndre the Swift being injured. Um, but they got two totally different games, right? Jamal is more of a between the tackles, hard nose, physical uh spark running for you short yardage goal line type of guy and i think he's done that so as long as you're doing what they pay you to do and and playing your role to the best that you can do it i think you're doing well i think we get in trouble when we try to make jamal williams be deandre swift he's not deandre swift so we can't expect him to do the things that deandre swift does in his absence so i think jamal williams has been fine
2: Awesome. Uh, All right, let's talk about this game specifically, a key matchup that you are watching for, something that you think could ultimately decide this game. Uh, Both of these teams desperately need a win. I know, uh, you know, probably Detroit not exactly thinking playoffs at this point, but either franchise could desperately use a win at this point.
3: Right. Detroit always wants to beat Green Bay. It just is what it is. Probably can say, I think, uh, my time in Detroit. I think we probably got the best of Green Bay, even though it was some great battles. I loved playing against Green Bay. But I think the best matchup probably for me this game is obviously going to be Aiden Hutchinson against whoever he's going up against, trying to get to Aaron Rodgers. That's going to be the matchup. I don't think we have anybody, you know, I don't think you guys have anybody that I'm interested in seeing wide receiver versus DB. And, you know, with as much as they move among Ross St. Brown, I can't say that they're going to match Zaire up on him so it's, I don't think it's going to be any wide receiver DB matchups. And, you know, I don't really know or get into the O-line, D-line matchups. I'm a skill guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, I think, though, to have an impact on the game, if Aiden Hutchinson can be effective, you know, our D-line can get some kind of pass rush because we just talked about how Aaron is not trying to run or – he's not doing as much in the in the pocket as we've seen in the past that we've uh, become accustomed to seeing from him. So if we can get some pressure on Aaron Rodgers and not let him get out the pocket and turn into a younger Aaron Rodgers where he's running all over us and throwing the ball down the field, I think they give themselves a better chance. So I'll be interested to see how Aiden Hutchinson plays against whoever he's lined up against, left side, right side, wherever they put him. Um, that's going to be the key matchup for me
2: hutchinson versus bakhtiari if bakhtiari plays this week could be just a lot of fun um that being said i have a feeling yash nyman will be at right tackle again and i have a feeling that they're going to line up uh him a a ton against yash nyman so uh that'll either way he's a really fun young player and i'm super excited to see hutchinson for the first time go against the packers Um, i'm really watching for the interior frank rag now jonah jackson versus kenny clark Clark has had a fantastic season so far, but by far and away his worst game of the season a week ago. So uh, I'm seeing how he bounces back this week and, and reg right now and Jackson certainly, uh, not in, an easy matchup for anyone. So I think just, I, I would love just, I could watch Ragnow and Clark probably play all day. I know it's not as sexy as some of the outside matchups, but those are just two powerhouses going at it. And I think that is going to be a ton of fun. And if Clark can bounce back, get some interior pressure on Jared Goff, I think that has the ability to change the game in this one as well. So I think there's a couple of fun matchups in this one. You mentioned a lot of the key players, but overall should be exciting. Um, with those matchups in mind, and just kind of as you start looking at the, the game this week, Packers-Lions, your prediction for the game?
3: Um man, that's a tough one. Um, because I think both teams are, are are desperate. I think the Packers are desperate to get a win to keep any hopes of uh making the playoffs and to keep everybody off their heads because if they lose to the Detroit Lions, it will not be good for Aaron Rodgers. I think we've been on Aaron Rodgers on his side basically and blaming and and saying stuff about his receivers and his supporting cast, if they go and lose to the Detroit Lions, I think they will blame Aaron Rodgers and not the supporting cast. So I think you guys are desperate, but I think what the Lions, you know, have done this week and the the message that Dan Campbell – Uh, preaches is grit and toughness and this, this, and that. I think they're going to be desperate to try to get a win too, to try to show some mental toughness that through all the adversity of losing the coach, trading a good player, that we are still a tough, resilient bunch. So I think both teams are going to be playing very, 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 very desperate. I just don't know if the Detroit Lions will have enough to score enough. And I don't know if they will be able to stop um, a mediocre, you know, offense, and I, I I'm a throwing, I'm throwing jabs just because you're not um, wrong, though you're not wrong at all. <laughs> um, but I, I don't, I think you know, I think Aaron Rodgers and some of his receivers will be able to make a couple plays on on line secondary because I think they're gonna be struggling or take a little hit unless you know Coach Campbell or or Aaron Glenn or one of those guys spent more time you know, coaching up the DBs this year. They they promoted, I mean, this week they pro, they promoted a couple guys. Um, I don't know those guys, so I don't know their background. I don't know how much they know, what they don't know. Um, so I'm not going to knock them, but I just don't know them. So I don't know how well they're going to have those DBs prepared and ready to play. So with them being young and been struggling against every team that we've played against for the most part, I'm going to say that, Green Bay will probably have a little success in the passing game. And so I'm going to give Green Bay the edge this week, um, probably in like a 28-17 type of game, something like that, 28-24, 28-17, somewhere up in there.
2: I'm not too far off from you. I got Packers 2320. I still think this is going to be a struggle. I don't think any team, you know, Green Bay can just walk over. I think, you know, and, and the lines have been pesky against the Packers, uh, right. obviously winning uh, last season. And yeah, I think this is going to be a tough game. I think it should be competitive. And, uh, you know, overall that makes for a fun, you know, four quarter football game, but I'll say 2320 Packers. I do think Alan Lazard's status in this one um, is something to keep an eye on prior to the game. It sounds like he's going to be a game time decision based off of the injury report. So I think if he plays gives Aaron somebody that he's a lot more familiar with and can attack that secondary to probably a larger extent. Uh, without Lazard you've got a lot of rookies younger guys playing and I think that changes up some of the advantages that you have going against that line secondary so Lazard's uh you know ability to play in this game and just how effective he can be I think definitely has the ability to be a factor but I'll go 23 20 Packers Glover this is awesome awesome stuff uh so appreciative of you doing this before we get out of here where can we follow you on Twitter and uh tell us about uh the Believe Network
3: um yeah so I'm on Twitter Glover Quinn him on Instagram uh at Glover Quinn I got a lot of a lot of different pages so you could check all my different pages out i i, I believe in instagram is a promotional platform so every oh. little thing that i'm into i have a page for so i take photos so i got a photography page i do custom framing so i got a framing page so i do i feel like you know you if you want to be interested in all that stuff all the links are or all the pages are on my personal page Glover at glover quinn on instagram and like i said i'm on twitter at glover quinn jr Um, but the Believe Network is cool, man. It's a Believe in Lions podcast. Me and my co-host Jack Cavanaugh, um, follow us, follow us on the Believe Network. We, you know, if you're interested, obviously I know this is a Day, so it's Packers Nation. Um, but if you're interested in just good football content, talking power rankings, talking, you know, player rankings, talking things, um, about what's going on around the league, follow the network. It's a lot of good football content, basketball content, baseball content on the entire network. Um, I am part of Believe in Lions podcast, so if you guys are interested, check us out. And I have to say, you know what? Out of all the stadiums in the entire NFL, I really enjoyed playing at Lambeau Field. It was so cool, and I'm not throwing a jab. This is not a jab, and I don't want it to come across as a jab, but I grew up as a football fan, right? right. I grew up a football fan, so if I ever played in any code game, I would have wanted it to be in Lambeau Field, right? Just because I wanted to be a part of that history of what I saw growing up, the code games at Lambeau Field. But for me to play my last game in the NFL, 2000, the end of the 2018 season in Green Bay, and this is not a jab, but to get a win, um, it was it was actually pretty cool. So... Appreciate the the, uh, the the Packers fans for all the the great years that um you know I was able to play in front of you guys and the cheering, the booing, it was all fun, and all love. Um, much love to the Packers. Um, and yeah, man, I just wanted to say that because I I I you know I don't want to say it's a lot of hate, but it's just it's just a lot of things when it comes to sports, right? And so um I don't want to get caught up in the Lions and the Packers. You guys were great fans, at least to me. Um, I enjoyed playing out there. I enjoyed the history. I enjoyed all those things. So shout out to you guys. And let's just hope we have a good game on Sunday. And um, go Lions. (laughs)
2: Absolutely, man. Best of luck. Uh, This was awesome. And I say this in the best way possible too. You were always a pain in the ass for the Packers to play against. So uh, your presence was always known out there. You had a heck of an NFL career and it was awesome to reminisce about some of that Packers line stuff early in the show. And and it's really cool that you got to play your last game at Lambeau as well. So best of luck this weekend. Uh, We'll have to do it again in the future. Uh, best of luck to Lions. I will see you guys uh, tomorrow that are listening to the podcast right here on YouTube for a Packers preview show. Make sure to go uh, follow Glover on Twitter and on Instagram uh, at Glover Quinn Jr. on Twitter. Uh, That does it for us, but until next time, and as always, Go Pack Go!